TNT Stadium! A hundred thousand strong to see WWE World Heavyweight Champion Triple H against the powerhouse Roman Reigns! Why? Because fuck you! That's why! It's time for WrestleMania! Hello everyone, and welcome to then, now, whatever, the wrestling podcast. Back again with episode number 3, continuing our coverage of WrestleMania season 2016, was supposedly the peak of the season, WrestleMania itself. April 3rd, 2016 from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, supposedly with 101,763 in attendance, but we'll get to that later. Just to warn you, when we were recording this, for some reason, my laptop chose to record this with my laptop's microphone rather than my actual professional Blue Yeti microphone, so expect a step down in audio quality from here on in. Please be kind. We hope you have fun anyway. As much fun as you can have when you live in WrestleMania. Spoilers, I guess. Anyway, hope you enjoy, and I'll pass you over to me in a... Well, not in a former life. Me from a couple of days ago, anyway. I am your host, uh, something something Monica, something something Duncan Joyce. I'm joined as ever by the hardest working Triple H mark in show business, it's Mr. Kyle Cambry. Hello everybody. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing alright, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. I had a good time last week. I was at Progress's show in the Ritz in Manchester. Yeah. Really, really good show. I'll definitely be back again. Chapter 28, I think it was. One of the guys there, Flash Morgan Webster, he's really, really good and he's going to be in one of the qualifiers for the WWE Cruiserweight tournament. I don't fancy his chances though because he's, he's facing Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd definitely be a big name they want on the show, I think. Uh, are you off to NXT in June as well? Um, yes, I am. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Liverpool one? I am, yeah. I enjoyed it at Blackpool mm. the first time. It's one of them shows that you kind of take my money. So <laughs> I thought, as soon as I knew they were coming back, it was like, right, I just need to make sure I've got the day off because I'm definitely going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Ace. I mean, Nakamura will be there. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this, is what, this is what's on my mind as well. Yeah, it's just got to be Shingsky. So here we are, seven hours of wrestling. Lots and lots to get through. They loaded the pre-show. There's like nearly half an hour's worth of actual wrestling. Yeah, I have to, I have to say that I didn't watch the pre-show again. But <laughs> this, time, this time it wasn't more to do with my hate for Booker T uh-huh. it was more to do that it was my girlfriend's birthday yeah, yeah. and so the pre-show sadly got missed <laughs> sadly <laughs> there's there's one really important segment that will come up later but the only thing non-wrestling wise I think you missed Lita was putting over Zack Ryder's chances in the IC title match and Booker T just laughed at her oh. yes yeah, so, I mean here we are it's Wrestlemania are there any favourite Wrestlemania moments of yours that really spring to mind when you think of the event. I could go Triple H Mark straight away. <laughs> when he returned at the Rumble 
and then he went on to win at WrestleMania. Uh, X8. Yeah. Yeah. Just all the injuries that he'd been through. And he, he even said he, the reaction that he got on Mania when he won the belt, he couldn't have dreamed of it because he was probably the biggest heel at the time and he came back and the fans... I think that was probably the first time that we saw the, the face turn from the fans rather than from the wrestler, which I think will happen when Seth Rollins comes. What else? WrestleMania moment. Rock and Austin fights. They're, they're always going to stick. Ladder match. Obviously, I wasn't, didn't watch that live. Mm. Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. But yeah, how about you? Oh, there's lots of stuff. I mean, like, <laughs> 19 was one of my favourite WrestleManias. I, I wore that tape out that you recorded for me, watching that over and over again. So, like, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. Phenomenal yeah. match. WrestleMania 2000 was the first. Like, it was around when I was a fan. Yeah. Four corners of McMahon stuff. Yeah, big show and shit, McMahon. Yeah, that was quite interesting. Cause I, I, <laughs> I was only, like, two two months into watching the product, and all these people, I'm like, who are they? Why are they not wrestling? It's, you know, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. It brings back fond memories. This show is not necessarily full of them. That's an important thing that we need to put by, that I think WrestleMania each year gets bigger, but maybe not better. <laughs> I think, yeah, we'll, we'll go through what, they, what they're reaching for as we like, roll through the card. The opening contest on the pre-show was the United States Championship match. Callisto, the champion, defending against Ryback. I felt so sorry for these guys because when their match rolled around, the stadium was so, so empty. It was just a shame. Apparently there was Wi-Fi problems, so lots of people were very late getting into the stadium because the wireless ticketing yeah. system wasn't working. Did you see the referee for this match as well? He was jacked! He lifted up the belt, right? And his arms were massive! <laughs> it's incredible! I, I, like, I was watching an old Legends of Wrestling roundtable, and JJ Dillon was on, and he was talking about how he got chewed out by one of the promoters he was working for. Because he wrestled a match as like a manager, and he hit his moves too well. It was too good. Like, no, you, you've, you're the manager of a team. You're supposed to be not as good as these people doing it regularly. I kind of think it, a bit like that. This guy should not be a referee. No, he, he looks in too good condition compared to you know the actual athletes. I think it, it's one of them, isn't it? That they use some of the NXT people. They could have just this guy might have an interest in wrestling. And he, he's in NXT development, and he wants a shot at refereeing, and they've gone, do you know what? <laughs> we'll put you on the pre-show. Yeah. Whack a black and white jersey on. Let's <laughs> see a jacked-up referee. Yeah. Vince will like that. Vince loves jacked-up anything, so... His arms aren't as big as mine, no. <laughs> Naturally, the story of this match is Callisto gets overpowered and has to sneak in some moves. He had a nice flying knee press off the apron, but Ryback quickly goes back to throwing him around ringside. And he hit a nice Michinoku driver, actually. Big stalling superplex attempt got countered for a near fall by Callisto. Callisto had a really good DDT counter to the shell shock. Ryback blocks his kicks and hits a huge spine buster. And then, when he's pulling Callisto out of the corner, a turnbuckle got exposed. I'm like, oh, this will figure into the finish. Oh, sure enough, it does. Drop toe hold into the exposed turnbuckle, and the Salida del Sol gets the free. Uh, 8 minutes, 58 seconds for Callisto to retain. I thought that was pretty nice. They had some decent chemistry going and lots of fun offense between the two. I think the, the general view of it is that Callisto worked really well with Ryback because there's always yeah. that difficulty of 
small guy, big guy, how are we going to get through the match? You know, the, the spots were good and it generally worked. It's just a shame that there weren't many fans to watch it. I know, yeah. The second match on the pre-show, it was the 10-woman tag team match. The total divas of Paige, Natalia, Brie Bella, Alicia Fox and Eva Marie <laughs> taking on Bad and Blonde, Emma, Lana, Naomi, Tamina and Summer Rae. So yeah, two NXT call-ups in this match of varying degrees of lunacy and common sense. Eva Marie is a baby face, apparently. The positive is, Emma here. Yes, that's definitely a positive. We'll forget Eva Marie just knowing Emma's there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I meant to ask you about you know Emma's gloves. Yeah, they're just fingers. Yeah, just literally <laughs> barely covering her knuckles. Surely all she has to do is clench her fist yeah. and then you're like, <laughs> Here we have our first instance of everyone getting their WrestleMania outfits out. So everyone paid attention to Lana in this match, obviously. Yeah, she probably was. I thought Natalia's gear was pretty good as well. In this yeah. Match. Although she's using it over and over again now. Like, she wrestled in the same gear on Raw. Loses its effect a bit that way for me. Right, so the referee, there's, there's ten women in this match and he gets overwhelmed at one point. So naturally, pervy Jerry Lawler's back. Like, this referee needs help! Let me get in there! Oh, the, the, other th- the only other thing about Eva Marie I mentioned is I love Corey Graves' gimmick of being a total utter mark for her. Like, post-match, she was like, oh, did you see the superstar? Eva Marie made a return. Oh, it was brilliant, yeah. Because <laughs> Corey Graves is this big, like, credible wrestling announcer who, you know, is really knowledgeable and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I like all these other guys because of their wrestling ability. And then Eva Marie's hot. Yeah, it kind, of, it kind of throws his stature a bit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was actually semi-competent in this match, though. She had a spell suplexing Emma. Well, there's your answer. It's who she's in there with. At one point, nobody wanted to tag her in the match, and she had to forcibly tag Natalia herself. That's surely the wrong, the wrong way around. Surely it should be she's on the apron begging for a tag, and they refuse to let her tag into the match. Yeah. If she's in the match already and you're refusing to tag her out, you're just doing your own team harm. Yeah, that's a good point. Paige got quite a big pop when she tagged in, and she did the heart attack with Natalia, which I thought was a nice touch. Then at one point in the match, they cut to a Total Divas commercial. So we got a Total Divas commercial within a match that is essentially a Total Divas commercial. Although they're redesigning it, aren't they, Total Divas? Because it's not getting the viewership. Surprise, surprise. It's supposedly going to be Total Bellas now. There was a nasty spot where Naomi did a crossbody and she hit the ropes instead of Paige. That was a tough bump. But then a nice wheelbarrow suplex by Emma sees Paige play facing peril for quite a long while. Then at one point, right, Lana tagged in, absolutely owned Paige with a bunch of kicks. And then she was, like, begging for Breed to come in instead. Like, no, I'm done with her. Come on, I want you. I was incredulous at that. Paige is the real wrestler here. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. This manager's just completely owned him. Bree eventually does get the hot tag and gets a decent reaction for her Brian tribute act. We then get the typical everyone get their finishes in buffet. Rubbish split-legged moonsault by Naomi. Bree, I think she was supposed to move. She kind of didn't. looked a bit clunky. In any event, Brie eventually winds up getting the yes lock in. It's quite a nice looking roll through as well. And she taps out to get the win for the Total Divas team at 11 minutes, 25 seconds. Then post-match, Nikki Bella, in her gear and her neck brace, 
goes full on John Terry as at Amo V1 on Twitter put it. I just have to shake my head. I just Okay, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought this was a surprisingly decent match really. They limited the girls who couldn't wrestle in a way that we didn't stink things up. Yeah. And they got a bit more time to play about with it was, you know, something more than just everyone do their finisher. And it turns out this is Brie Bella's last match as well. I think we, we kind of knew that Brie would win the match, knowing that it was gonna be her last match. Nice. Yeah, a bit more of a positive note to go out on than the Charlotte match, I thought. Oh, don't get me started on that. Cute oh, <laughs> she was both on that match. Yeah. Our main event of the pre-show, if you will. Ooh. The Usos taking on the Dudley Boys. I'm not surprised to find this was dumped on the pre-show. This, in the run-up, did not feel like a WrestleMania feud to me. No. Both of these teams weren't on Fastlane. The Dudleys were only on the Royal Rumble pre-show. And now suddenly, oh, they're going to have a match that's worthy of being on WrestleMania. Before we start the match, there was a lot of fans that was having a go at Bubba Ray Dudley mm-hmm. on Twitter. And quite a lot of the fans were going at Bubba saying, oh, you're nothing now, you've come back to WWE, you can't get to the top, blah, 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 blah. And Bubba, a bit like the Big Show did when we spoke about that a few months back, said, oh, hold on, I'm a fan of the business, okay, so I do what they want me to do. And plus, I've got more dollars in the bank than you have. (laughs) Some of the fans kind of just take it out on the wrestlers without actually just thinking about this is their job, they, you know, their book to fight whoever. It's just random things, isn't it? You can't have everybody with the stroke to try and improve their position because then you have WCW again. Yeah. I mean, like in the run to this, I thought maybe because it's the traditional tag team match. Put, like have the Dudleys rub the New Day of the tag titles or something, heighten the interest a little bit. Again, it's the booking's fault. It's always the booking's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Devon's starting to look a little bit heavier now. Time might be catching up a little bit with them. But they're still alright in the ring, I think. Before they finish, I do want to see a Bully Ray character. Oh, definitely. Bubba's got a lot of life left in him as a yeah. singles guy. It's just a shame for Devon. He's great as tag team, but as, as a single, it's... Not much going for him. No. But it's done. So, in the early goings, the Dudleys hit a huge double flapjack. I can't remember the last time they hit like that much. No. Actually. Bubba is trash-talking while beating up one of the Usos. Just like we did to your father, Rikishi! I think the Usos know who their own father is, Bubba. Just <laughs> <Yeah>, name-checking. <laughs> yeah. There's one point as well, he just yells gibberish at the crowd, it's great. Why do you think I got a nerd now? <laughs> Flip-flop and Bubba get super-kicked away. The Dudleys hit the leather, but then they get super-kicked mid-get the table. There's a pattern to this match, so maybe you're spotting it. Hmm. Devon got the knees up from Superfly Splash, and the reverse 3D gets two. Then Superkick number 13 randomly finishes off Devon in 5 minutes 18 seconds to get the win for the Usos. Post-match for Dudley's attack and get the tables. In this run-up, they've been like, no, we don't, we're not defined by tables anymore, screw you. And then it's like, oh, fuck it, it's WrestleMania, get the tables. They, they came across as very, very face at this point, yeah. which I thought, oh, more super kicks. So the Usos cut off the Dudleys and do stereo superfly splashes through the tables. This was okay, I guess. It felt like the latter half of a decent match. Anything you thought could have gone on the main show? Callisto Ryback. Yeah. I'm quite disappointed that they put that first on the pre-show. Definitely. 
even if Vince said, look, you're going to have to be on the pre-show, guys, I would have at least pushed to be like, well, hold on, we, we should be main event at least pre-show. It's for a championship match, yeah. you know. It's, it's, yeah, I agree. It's definitely the most valuable match on the you, whole three. You're kind of rubbishing the title as well as the superstars. Because I quite like Ryback. Yes, he's not the strongest wrestler, but he, you know, he, he does his job. I'd probably swap the tag team match and Ryback and Callisto. Keep the Divas in the middle because it splits it up nicely. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd swap them two around. Yeah, but that's definitely the most main card worthy match. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of time wasted on the main card as well. Like most pay-per-views nowadays. Mm. I think it's a space in Vince's head that he kind of, he has his idea of where he wants to go on the pay-per-view and then there's this massive gap mm. and he goes, okay, mm. Who shall I get? <laughs> Edge and Christian <laughs> for one of the pay-per-views. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, I think he runs out of ideas. There's too much yeah. wrestling. <laughs> we need more talking, damn it. Where's the authority? We need a 20-minute promo. <sighs> this Vince impression is killing my voice today. <laughs> we move on to the main show. And Fifth Harmony open up with a very boys-to-men ish rendition of Murka the Beautiful. I hate it. It sounded pretty weird. It was terrible. Yeah. From watching the music video about five minutes before mm. of the single that's in the charts, and then Mania starts, I'm all excited. They come out, and I'm thinking, these are the same people. Mm. It was terrible. We then cut to an opening video. It was pretty cool. Lots of talks of the legends of WrestleMania, and it was narrated by Kelsey Grammer, no less. Mm. Sadly, there was no mention of legends who bankrupted Gawker, brother. Surprise, surprise. No. <laughs> the only contest of the main card is the ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Kevin Owens, the champion, defending against Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, Stardust, Sin Cara, and Zack Ryder. <laughs> Push out of nowhere. Yeah. Vince McMahon, well on his way to being broski of the week. Because, <laughs> like, before Neville got injured... It appeared there was going to be a spot in this match for him. So yeah. I was just wondering how many of these guys would have been in if Neville was in. Yeah, because I suppose Zack Ryder isn't your traditional swap for Neville because Zack can't do the stuff that Neville can do. No. It kind of felt like all like all three of Stardust, Sinkara and Ryder were replacements. Like on TV, Owen Zane, Miz and Neville were the big four. Just the kind of interactions revolved around. You know, it's typical to have a big ladder match filled with people to kick off a show, have a bit of a car crash and stuff. Yeah, every, every ladder match you always get the there's like two or three superstars that you you know aren't going to win the match. They're just there for their own little spot. They're just there to do something cool. Yeah. yeah. AKA the Shelton Benjamin spot. Yes. This match, people are like, oh, God damn it, Owens is just buried amongst this big multi-man match. Like, no, 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 no. He's the entire focus of this match. Every single person in this match is there because of him. You know how we were joking about they were going to fill the stadium by having loads of commentary teams. He <laughs> was nearly there. Nearly, there were ten. <laughs> ten announced teams at this event. Did you see where some of them were hidden? They were like around the, the arena. Well, yeah, it's like the typical, like if there was a football game, that would be the typical media day. Yeah. You know, so say if they want the, the Japanese announce table down at ringside to swap with the Spanish just for one pay-per-view, we should, we should have a flip coin. 
and see which nationality gets to the front. You should have a pre-show qualifying yeah. match. <laughs> anyway, the highlight of this was seeing Funaki, number one, <laughs> WrestleMania announcer. Again, this is another instance of lots of people turn up in their WrestleMania gear. Lots of Swish stuff here. I, I don't like The Miz, but I quite like The Miz's movie star outfit. And he's got a haircut. I kind of feel like his, his hair was glued to his head. <laughs> with his old haircut. Sammy Zayn's was good. You like his whole golfer lad thing. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's, it's, it feels a bit weird to me. A bit low-key. No, but I think that works. I think he, he his outfit is kind of working-class man. Sort of, everyone get behind this guy because he's one of us. I think that's his gimmick. I thought Ryder's coat was really swish. Mm. So to wave a logo, be into it. Definitely not Sin Cara's banana shoulder thing. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you know, like there's these, like these statues in Liverpool that's like a cow with a banana sticking out of the end. Yeah. They kind of look like that. Yeah. Well, Dolph's costumes are always good, aren't they? I like the fact that he's gone full leggings. Mm. I think that's much better, even though he's more Shawn Michaels mode than he ever ever has been. He, he gets into Shawn Michaels mode later on. Yeah. Right from the off, Owens and Zayn wind up brawling on their own in the ring. The crowd eat it up. I will never stop marking out for these two brawling with each other. Miss climbed a ladder but wasn't actually properly erected. Why would you climb it when it's like that? You're just going to fall over. Owens drops Zane onto a ladder and yells, Go back to NXT! Then immediately gets hit with a Rough Rider. I love it. This is just like at the Royal Rumble. Where he's like, Go back to NXT! And then he immediately gets thrown over the top rope. So the, the basic gist of this match is there's lots of climbs, climb attempts getting interrupted. There's lots of people getting jumped with the finishes out of nowhere. It's a nice sort of pace that they hit. The best stretch in the match for me was uh, Zane. He hit an amazing topic on Hilo through the ladder and then followed it up with his torpedo DDT on Kevin Owens on the outside. And then he interrupted Sin Cara's climb and tipped him off the ladder, but he was able to balance and springboard Senton onto everyone on the outside. That was brilliant. Yeah, we hinted at it here. Dolph running wild with a billion super kicks at one point. Super kick city. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Then we get Stardust pop up <laughs> with the exo-atmospheric Starburn Mark II with a dusty spot, baby. He then does the Terry Funk airplane spin spot with it. Kevin Owens tosses it out of the ring to Big Heat. Owens then frog splashes Zane on a ladder. That was awesome. Straight after, Ryder's climbing up the ladder and Cole goes, Oh, you know what Zack Ryder's thinking about up top? No. No, we don't. He's not, he's not been on a major show in years. I don't know what the hell he's going to do. It turns out it was a pretty nice elbow drop. Yeah. Ziggler, right, at one point, he hurt his knee coming off a ladder, and he's limping about, and he actually limps up the ladder on one leg, and he's still climbing faster than most guys do on two feet. Sin Cara got his Jeff Hardy moment then, diving off of Stardust through a ladder bridged on the guard room. Owens and Zayn wind up at the top again, and I mark out again. Then, oh, holy shit. Half and half suplex into the ladder by Sami Zayn. Takes out Kevin Owens. That must have hurt. There's no way you can land on that that's any good. Yeah, that's a definite do not try this at home moment. Yeah. I'm going to learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder. 
And it's it's one of them things of when people talk to you about oh wrestling's fake, wrestling, mm. you know, they don't get hurt. You just show them that clip and be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mist somehow winds up capitalising on this and he's at the top of a ladder. He takes forever to unclip the belt and Zack Ryder sneaks up from behind, shoves him off the ladder and unhooks the Intercontinental title to become the new champion in his first ever reign at 15 minutes, 23 seconds. What a shocker. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Broski of the decade, Vince McMahon here. I was just not expecting that at all. Yeah, a complete surprise. I was really thinking that Sammy was going to win and when Zack Ryder won, it took me a, a minute or two to go, wait a minute, what's that happened? What? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think for me, Sammy's moment should come in a singles match. Yeah, I just think the, the build-up that Owens and Sammy had, it kind of, I don't know, hinted towards maybe Sammy taking the belt. But yeah, there's there's a few people that, that was talking to me about how Sammy should really be in the WWE title picture. Now, my argument for that is that I think that he, he's fine at the moment just feeding with the wins and you're promoting him too, too far, too quickly. He's only just come up to NXT, so he's absolutely fine where he is. But yeah, I enjoyed the match. It was really good. Yeah, definitely. A nice little car crash opener. Everyone looked great here, although for me, Owens and Zayn were the glue that held this match together. Most of the focus was on them, and it really held up well. Yeah, very, very pacey. Great match to get people involved. The result was an utter shock out of nowhere, but it still you know, it gave you an interesting talking point for the rest of the show. Yeah, I think it needs more of that. It needs more more shock wins. Because I, I think nowadays, with the, the smart fans, we kind of have an idea who's going to win the matches. Whereas, I don't think anyone would have said that Ryder was going to win that match. No. Which is good. I think for me, he could have done with a bit more time on television. Because it's like basically two weeks all of a sudden, oh, you got a WrestleMania match. Oh, and then you're laying guys out. You need to be careful. It's about the wrestler making the championship, not the championship making the match. But then, and this is where Vince's logic is ridiculous because then on Raw the next night mm. what happens? Well, a 24 hour title range. like yeah it's great You've, you know Zach's done something fantastic for Vince to give him mm. this spot but then he loses it 24 hours later yeah. I just think he kind of then rubbishing Zach's reign yeah. I think this is a theme we'll see throughout the night they're focusing on WrestleMania moments and yeah. sports center moments. You know, like it's its own bubble. Yeah. Yeah, like living in the immediate and not caring about, you know, what they actually do with it in the long term. So I know we're only one match into the main card, but we're actually a third of the way through. So it's not really half time question time, more like first trimester question time. Kyle, you have a question first. Okay, so from you first starting watching wrestling, is there a promo that a wrestler has done that sticks in your head and you think that's the beginning of me enjoying the the trash talk? It wasn't something so much from the very beginning, but one that really stuck out for me was everyone hates Stone Cold doing the what thing, but the Whataburger promo. Yeah. Like January 2002, 
Oh, it was such a tour de force. That was like the peak. Yeah. It, it burst after that. I'm going to tell you a story right now. A story about a man named Stone Cold Steve Austin who rolled into Dallas, Texas last night. And when I rolled into Dallas, Texas, I was real thirsty. So I went to a bar and started drinking beer and more beer and more beer. Then I started throwing darts, playing pool, drinking beer. Then I got on one of those mechanical bulls. I rode that bull front ways, sideways, backwards, front ways, two-handed, one-handed, no-handed. Finally had to shut that summits down because I wore it out. Then I started drinking more beer. And I started a fight. And the whole bar started fighting. I whipped everybody's ass. I threw them all out the door. Every single one right out the door. Finally, the bartender said, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. And I said, what? He goes, why are you throwing everybody out the damn bar? I says, you dumb son of a bitch, I'm getting ready for the Royal Rumble. I said, I'm getting ready for the Royal Rumble. And the bartender looked at me and he said, Stone Cold. And I said, what? He said, I heard Triple H is coming back to win the Royal Rumble. I drank some of that beer. I put that beer down. I looked at that bartender right in the eye. And I said, what? He said, I heard Triple H is coming back to win the Royal Rumble. And I said, ah, ah. Triple H is going to do a lot of things in his life. And he made a big comeback. He looks great. Phenomenal. He's the game. He's that damn good. The bottom line is, he can do all the bench presses, shoulder presses, lat pull downs, barbell curls, tricep extensions, squats, deadlifts, bent over rows, sit ups, crunches, leg lifts. He can do all that, but the one thing he'll never do is throw Stone Cold Steve Austin over the top rope. That just won't happen. I looked at Barton and I said, as a matter of fact, I'm working on my strategy right now. That's what he said. He said, what? I said, I'm working on my strategy right now. I looked down at my waist and I said, you see that? He said, what? I said, do you see that? That's what he said. He said, what? I said, that's a beer belly. A beer belly. A beer belly. By lowering my center of gravity, it makes it hard for a man to throw me over the top rope. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin's strategy. You understand what I'm talking about? So I looked at that bartender and I said, I ain't gonna mess with your mechanical bull no more. You can let everybody back in because I'm going to drink every single beer you got to work on this beer belly. He said, what? Beer belly. What? Beer belly. What? And while I'm working on this beer belly, when I drink all your beer, I'm going down to what, 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 burger, And I'm going to get a water burger with cheese. A water burger without cheese. A water burger with double cheese. 
of french fries some more french fries and a fucking one of fresh catch fish sandwiches another water burger with double cheese and i'm gonna roll in that roll rubble one pissed off some bitch because triple h you said you kicked my ass once you said you kicked my ass once so you think you can do it again that's what i said i said what and if you got a problem with that, I can say that to your face. I can say that to your side. I can say that to your back. I can say that to your other side. Or I can say that right to your face. Because the bottom line is, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to the Royal Rumble to win, to go to WrestleMania. And that's the bottom line. What? Because Stone Cold said so. I mean, the, the what? Are still lasting now, so that shows you its longevity. Because guys don't vary their diction as well. Mm. It's too easy the, the way they talk through stuff yeah. to sneak it in. Like, what about you, Kyle? And the influential promos. The the point of me listening to the promos was when Chris Jericho arrived mm. and he cut the rock out, and the the rock oh, and Chris yeah. Jericho had this promo off if you yeah. want to call that yeah. and for me that's when I was more invested in the, the trash talk you can care less about every single idiot in that dressing room and especially this idiot in the center of the ring the rock is going to explode king any minute you people have been led to believe that mediocrity is excellence uh-uh Jericho is excellence a lot of guts to interrupt the rock. And now, for the first time in WWF history, you have a man who can entertain you. You have a man who is good enough for you. You have a man who can make you jump up off your chairs, raise your filthy fat little hands in the air, and scream, Go Jericho, go! Go Jericho, go! Go Jericho, go! Thank you. The new millennium has arrived in the WWF. And now that the Y2J problem is here, this company, from the front office idiots to all the amateurs in the dressing room, including this one, to everybody watching tonight, will never, ever be the same again. Y2J, did he say Y2J? Yeah, I heard it. Look, The Rock is dumbfounded. He's an arrogant young man. <laughs> Uh-oh. After three boring minutes, The Rock says, Know your role and shut your mouth! <laughs> I second that. How dare you, little jabroni, come on The Rock Show and not even have the class to introduce yourself? What is your name? I told you! It doesn't matter what your name is! Oh, no. He got oh. you. That way. The Rock says you talk about your Y2J plan well, The Rock has a little plan of his own, and it's called the KY Jelly Plan. Oh, no! Which, 
You know what that is, JR? Yeah. You do? You don't clean, you don't use it to clean pipe, JR. Which means The Rock is gonna lube his size 13 boot real good, turn that some bitch sideways, oh. and stick it straight up! You can't do it! No matter what The Rock did, it was good. But the greatest promo guy ever is Triple H. Oh! <laughs> oh dear. DX Triple H. I mean, come on. DX for me was all about the chemistry between everyone, though. I really enjoyed the the latest incarnation, where it was just Triple H and okay. Shawn Michaels. There's a, a, a promo that will always stick in my head of... Sean's getting mad at Triple H because Triple H is getting booked for all this stuff. Uh-huh. And he's like, and, and you're getting these matches because you're married to, um, to what's her name? <laughs> because at that time, everyone knew that Triple H and Stephanie were together and they were bringing them into the promos and he ends up super kicking loads of people going down this corridor. It's just oh, but yeah, the, the super yeah. kick chain was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like when they first got back together. And Stephanie was pregnant at the time. Yeah. And they're like, well, who do you think would knock her up? And Triple H would be like, I don't know, but whoever he was must have been a heck of a stud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll always be good. Match number two of WrestleMania featured Chris Jericho against AJ Styles. Did you see the video package for this? Yes. What on earth was with the mock-up of Jericho <laughs> watching AJ Styles on a laptop? Did that even happen? No, but that, that, that was stuff specifically filmed yeah. for the package. <laughs> it was stupid. It looked daft. I quite enjoy the packages, but that was one that I kind of thought, because mm, the edits and the music that they put onto the packages kind of amp you up a bit, and I do, mm. I do like them. They, that's one thing that they get right yeah. you know, every time. But yeah, that was, that was weird. That's strange, yeah. What were your thoughts of this feud continuing? I think they, they really liked scraping the barrel. I was thinking it would be, you know, the old best out of three fight and then they would go their own way. It's one of them, isn't it? It's Vince's, Vince's call. I wouldn't have had them fighting at Mania. Maybe Jericho in the ladder match. Fastline felt like a pretty natural conclusion for me. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, I've liked what they've been doing together. It's the best use of Jericho in years. So I was okay from an in-ring standpoint and I was okay with the promos Jericho was doing it lost a bit of momentum in the like final couple of weeks in the lead up to Mania, where it's just like, oh, distraction finish, you lose a match. No, I had good faith in what they could do in the ring. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But I, I just think storyline wise, it had already finished. Found out, yeah, yeah, definitely. Nonsense from Michael Cole here. You think there's butterflies for Styles, John? It's his first time competing in front of a crowd this size. It's supposed to be the record. WWE crowd. It's everybody's first time in front of a crowd this size. Did you see Y2J's tights as well? Yeah. 
Do you notice what was on the back of it? <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it said, but there's an interpretation that if people that was watching it younger mm-hmm. would take it the wrong way. I felt very similarly. I, I was staring <laughs> at it for ages and like, does he have country on the back of his ties? What the hell? <laughs> Um, Do we know what it actually said? It, w- it was GOAT. Oh, okay. greatest of all time. Right. But yeah, I'm like, fine, PG. <laughs> we kick off with some solid wrestling, some nice arm drag exchanges. Jericho throws a paddy at being sent over the top rope. Switch around sees AJ hitting the springboard drop kick instead of Jericho. I was a little bit worried when that happened, but it's going to get a little bit too cutesy here. But no, they seem to keep it in check throughout the match. Jericho drop kicked AJ mid springboard. Just like at Fastlane. Lots of um, interplay, playing off a familiarity with each other. It was very good in general, but not quite as slick as you'd perhaps expect. Jericho controlled the match with a really nice net breaker in the ropes. His come on, baby! foot on the chest cover. And a pair of ask him rest holds. Nice roll through a face plant sees Jericho hook the walls of Jericho. They still can't get that Asai DDT spot right. They always fluff that. Then there's a dodgy-looking top-rope Godbuster spot. The landing was odd. Couldn't tell whose move it was. No. Pele gets countered into the walls of Jericho. That was a nice little exchange. And it's eventually countered into the calf crusher. And Jericho teases tapping out, just like at Fastlane. But he's able to counter this time. AJ got the knees up from the lion's soul and gets a pair of close near falls with the springboard 450 and the styles clash. Then the finish gets telegraphed. AJ is on the apron forever, begging Jericho to get up, get up, desperately turning to everyone in the crowd. And surprise, surprise, the phenomenal forearm is counted in midair with the code breaker for free. So Jericho wins at 17 minutes, 10 seconds. Another surprising result. Is it a good thing that AJ lost his first WrestleMania match? It felt like the wrong result for me. Yeah. Jericho has had his say... Oh, these, there's some podcast, podcast experts that are a bit annoyed at me for winning at WrestleMania. Oh, you marks, get in, get with it, you know. I think of the big picture. Well, AJ is challenging for the world title next month. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, Jericho's getting paired off with Dean now. Maybe he had to win for that to mean a bit more. I don't know, but still. Surely AJ losing at WrestleMania doesn't give him the sort of stars that he needs to get to Roman. Who are we? We're just some guys who do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There's like hundreds of guys with podcasts (laughs) saying the exact same thing. In ring, it was very, very enjoyable other than the finish and Jericho winning. Just a slight step down from the Fastlane match, but Mm. I enjoyed watching it. Do you think it was good in general? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I like Jericho and and AJ. They do work well together. It was just a storyline sense that I think we didn't need another match from them. But it was good. But I can say that my prediction in the first podcast... I'm I'm sure it's the third podcast. When we were explaining about AJ signing... And I likened him to Cristiano Ronaldo about putting him on the bench. bench. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I was right in that he's getting his title match because he deserves it because of what he's done previously. So this is my first slam dunk of, of working out where we're going. <laughs> this is one of the things like we spent all this money about on him. Shit, we best get rid of a title yeah. match. 
Maria Menounos has a random interview with Zack Ryder. What on earth was she wearing? I don't know. I don't really like any of the, the new interviewers. I miss the ones that always got the mic taken out of them. Stick it in, Herbie! Yeah, yeah Kevin Kelly. Yeah, Kevin Kelly. Yeah, he's a play-by-play man at Ring of Honor now. We need him back. <laughs> Just get the piss taken out of him. Renee Young's very good. Did you know Renee Young and Dean Ambrose? I did. Yeah. <sighs> I only found that out watching the ride-along which is my WWE Network plug. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, she, she mentioned, oh, yeah, when, when Dean's back home, he likes to do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, wait yeah. a minute. Rewind that. Yeah, I think they're living in Vegas or something. They've been on a couple of episodes of Total Divas. From what I hear, they've been thinking about getting Renee on full-time next season so that they can have Dean make some cameos and stuff. But, yeah, uh, Maria Manolo, she's a supposed celebrity that Vince likes. It always comes back to Vince yeah. and his perverted ways. <laughs> anyway, feel-good promo by Ryder. He promises to take a picture with Razor Ramon, just like he did after he watched him at WrestleMania 10. And he did. It's out there on Twitter. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Hold on! A wild box of bootios appears! And then it tips over! And the New Day come out of it! And there's actual bootios inside as well! That entrance was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Honey, I Stripped the Kids or something. Yeah. New Day, resplendent in their Dragon Ball Z slash White Power Ranger shields, and Woods with his Vegeta haircut. I really like the costume. <laughs> it's I incredible. Want one. <laughs> the best bit about that was the box was still there when the league had to walk past it. <laughs> Wade Barrett kicked it yeah, from the cereal. <laughs> yeah, Wade and Russo had to kick it aside. It was great, yes! Again, this felt like another feud that kind of felt a bit played out. Yeah. So there's no titles on the line either. Which is disappointing. This feels a very TNA way of doing things. These guys have had championship matches on television and it builds to a non-title match, you know. Apparently this is going to be three on three as well. Not four on three. Which sets up for later. Yeah, yeah. we'll see how that plays out. So match number three, it's the New Day taking on the League of Nations with King Barrett at ringside. It's so weird hearing Cole refer to him as the lads. Anytime like British vernacular turns up, on American television, it's like, what are you doing here? I don't think they say it in the right context either. I think when they hear Wade Barrett say it, obviously we can relate to the way that Wade Barrett speaks. Yeah. But then when Michael Cole tries to reenact that, it, it comes out completely different yeah, to it's what just like, should do. They call themselves the lads. Cheers, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Woods winds up playing the face in peril, which you know, makes sense logically because he wrestles the least out of the team. The League, I mentioned this on my blog at Roadblock, they tag together like individuals rather than a proper cohesive unit. They work over Woods for quite a while, the highlights of which was really good DDT by Del Rio, and Rusev, who's really good all-match for me, did a somersault sent on, and then a really impressive running kick on the outside to Biggie. Seamus, at one point, he was standing on the middle of the apron and he's still tagged in like halfway across the ring hold your tag rope mister <laughs> a nice round the world DDT by Woods allows Kofi to tag in he hits some weird looking double stomps and a double boom drop Seamus counters for trouble in paradise and hauls Kofi up for another impressive leaping kick from the apron by Rusev Big E hit a great suplex on Seamus but then he got a little bit too over ambitious trying to take Rusev over the top rope and then immediately afterwards, doing the double spear through the rope spot. 
so disappointing. Big E is usually the like star of this team, and he's messed up his biggest spots in the Smash for me. Too much beer. Too much beer, yeah. A great double stomp variant of the Demolition Decapitation gets a near fall for Woods and Kofi, but then the double stomp off the apron takes out Kofi from Del Rio, and that allows Wade Barrett to sneak in a bull hammer and Sheamus to hit the bro kick to get the free for the League of Nations in 10 minutes and 3 seconds. What were your thoughts on this match, Kyle? A bit of a pointless match. I think it took away everything with the belts not being on online. Mm. It was a pre-show match, but the reason that it was on Mania is because what? Of what's coming to yeah. Up. yeah. But the, like you mentioned before about the tag teams not working as a tag team, just working as an individual. I suppose it always works like that when you team up single wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Just going back, when Daniel Bryan and Kane first tagged, they were the same. But then because they were doing it week in, week out, it became this tag team that everyone liked and enjoyed. Going back even further, look at Rock and Sock Connection. Yeah, yeah. The first time they tagged, it didn't work. But then the fans got behind it and it evolved into what we now know as Rock and Sock Connection. But the League of Nations isn't something that's going to last, is it? Wade Barrett's gone now anyway, so... Poor old Wade. For me, this was disappointingly middle of the road. Other than a few moves, the League weren't particularly interesting when they were in control. Did you see the screens at the stadium? They had to try and rally up some New Day chants. Yeah. Kofi was pretty good, and Rusev as well. But another match with the wrong result. Yep. And it's all just so they can set up this next bit. So post-match, King Barrett cuts a promo. He claims no three men in history could take on these three lads. So naturally, out comes Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, and Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Everyone's favourite bald-headed wrestler. (laughs) I shouldn't have been shocked, but I was like, oh, holy shit! Yeah. Because they were obviously there at the, for the weekend and stuff. I think the shock was Shawn Michaels. And he was in his wrestling gear as well. Yeah, I like I kind of expected Austin and Mick Foley because they, they'd just recorded the podcast previously. So I kind of expected they was going to turn up. But as soon as HBK's music hit, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, Shawn yeah. Michaels is here. Yeah. And he looked in pretty good shape as well. He did, yeah. Foley was another surprise to me. Like, I get that he'd lost a fair bit of weight with the DDP yoga thing, but didn't think he'd still be, like, mobile to do a spot. So, anyway, he takes out Sheamus, Sean takes out Del Rio, and Austin takes out Rusev, and Rusev had a tremendous rock-level bump for the stunner. Yeah, I was very impressed with that. It's amazing. This is why Rusev is amazing. I hope you're starting to come round now. <laughs> Barrett then eats all three finishes in turn. And the New Day try to come in and get the Legends to dance. Shawn Michaels has a go at twerking, and the look on Austin's face is priceless here. Jesus Christ, son! <laughs> <laughs> Austin sort of acts like he'll play along, there's no two-step thing. But then stun at the woods! And he mugs to the camera with his IPA. Yeah, so basically, they job the New Day to the League of Nations just to sacrifice them to these legends yeah. for a wrestle again a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Are you gonna see Shawn Michaels on TV again? No. Are you gonna see Mick Foley on TV again? No. Well, the Mick Foley one kind of works because 
they're doing the new network Mick Foley show, aren't they? Yeah, with his daughter. But I see, I do see your point. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. as far as being in the ring with yeah. the guys, you know, day to day in, day out and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's harmless. Like, imagine 1999, like, there's a DX have a match. Bruno San Martino comes out, Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund come out and twat DX. Yeah. No. No, no, no. Detrimental. All for a bit of fun to pop the crowd, you know. It was quite good to see these guys. I thought they could have done it better. They could have had New Day still win the match and the league throw a paddy using numbers advantage and then the legends come and shoo them off. Yeah. But yeah, not a fan of that kind of booking. Up next we have a street fight with Brock Lesnar, accompanied by his manager Paul Heyman, taking on Dean Ambrose. There's a nice line in the video package from Heyman. There is no shield that can protect Dean Ambrose from the wrath of Brock Lesnar. I can't remember the last time Brock was on this early in the card. To be honest, I have noticed recently, I don't know whether it's Brock's new contract, but he has been doing quite a lot of not as important matches. So I don't know whether he's truly embracing the WWE atmosphere or you mm. know, whatever because uh, when he first came back it was kind of like the rumour was that Brock came back as this selfish just want the money just want the main event kind of guy whereas now now he's got his second contract it does seem like he's working with you know other other people I like it I like Brock I like Dean I like Paul I like this match <laughs> pretty promising kind of feud again lost a little momentum in the weeks just yeah. before where there's like no sort of contact like Dean getting obliterated with F5s and stuff and coming out of the ambulance and refusing to lie down great great stuff, great story and a lot of promise so we'll see how they do Heyman, when he introduces Brock to the crowd, he get overwhelmed by the size of the crowd ladies and gentlemen oh my god (laughs) that stadium is just massive though, it's insane yeah when they do the big cuts and the camera's like in the corner. Mm. You can see the whole stadium. You do kind of think like, is that real? Yeah. You know, the size of it. Because when they do the camera shots from outside, it's just like a little small stadium. And then from inside, it's like an anthill of just <laughs> massive proportion. Yeah. Dean didn't bring out his weapons trolley. That whole segment on the Monday before was redundant. Yeah, the whole Mick Foley... Terry Funk. Yeah, you think you would think that if you're going to promote them, use them. I mean, we see a glimpse, but it's not yeah. what we want. Well, like, they, they do turn up eventually, but like not at the start. Like, yeah. so, so why was Dean taking the ring steps? Why was he taking all these weapons in his little red trolley if he wasn't going to use them? The basic formula of this match is Brock owns Dean with suplexes. Dean has to fight back with weapons. Brock survives... Gets more suplexes in, wash, rinse, repeat. The fans are so, so loud when they count along with the suplexes. And when they reach 10, they do tie Dillinger's 10 gimmick. I like that. One kendo stick attack angers Brock enough for him to roll through with his suplexes like Angle does. Paul's pretty good in this match. That hurt, right? Oh, I bet that hurt. And then he's just tackling at Dean halfway through. It's brilliant. And Dean just gives him the thumbs up, like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we get a snap suplex instead of a German. 
Wow, variety. Brock tries to lure Dean in with the offer of a kendo stick to even the odds, but Dean uses it to low blow him. Ah, the beast's kryptonite. The shot to the bollocks. And yet, as we hinted at, Dean finds the chainsaw under the ring. Heyman has an amazing look on his face, but Brock shuts that down quick sharp, with a belly-to-belly on the outside, and then a nice running belly-to-belly superplex. Fire extinguisher shot from Dean allows him to basement dropkick a chair into Brock, a la RVD, and hit an elbow drop with the chair for two. We then get the And here come the pretzels spot with the big pile of chairs. And then most of the spots actually miss the pile of chairs. Dean counters the F5 with a DDT to get his closest near fall of the match. And then he finds Barbie. Paul Heyman goes apeshit and begs Brock to finish the match. (laughs) So Brock finishes the match. German onto the stack of chairs. An F5 onto the stack of chairs. Gets the free. 13 minutes and 6 seconds. Surprisingly short. Yeah, I think Brock's matches are always short though, aren't they? Because of the way that they work. When he's with someone that's so below his level, yeah. Mm. You could have given Dean a bit more time. I think the weapons trolley added to that. Because if, if you had the weapons trolley, surely that adds five or six minutes because you can just keep going back for a selection of you know what you want. Dean's working his way up on me. I still think that he's a PG Sandman, but I'm, I am enjoying what he's doing. And Brock Lesnar, I've always liked. Paul Heyman's the greatest manager ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The, the spots were good. But yeah, it was, an, it was a good watch. I liked the match. I didn't like it as much as I kind of expected it. I thought it was going to be a show stealer and didn't quite live up to that. It felt a little bit too one-sided for Brock to me. Dean could only get the advantage when he had weapons. Brock didn't use any kind of weapon until the very end of the match. He didn't even try to beat the guy. I can't remember Brock going for a cover or anything until the very end, until Heyman ordered it to. Yeah, I think that's his his way of just being like, I'm going to beat this guy to a pulp until I need to pin. I think that's his his thought. I'm getting a little bit bored of Suplex City, really. Too samey. But I was alright with this. We then see a Snickers advert with Ric Flair trying to get Ryder to woo instead of woo-woo-woo. After a Snickers, he turns into Charlotte. This is perplexing and worrying on all kinds of levels. Maybe this is why Ryder got a push. He's Charlotte when she's hungry. I bet this was your favourite segment, wasn't it, Kyle? No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Hands down was not my favourite segment. (laughs) Then the Hall of Famers get paraded to the crowd, and I love Snoop Dogg's little nature boy robe. (laughs) Did you watch the ceremony? I watched the first two inductees. I've not yet to catch up. Yeah. Godfather was good. Godfather. I quite, quite enjoyed that. Highlights included Snoop Dogg called Ric Flair the originator of slag. <sighs> Ric Flair made his induction of Sting basically about himself. I did read about that, so I'll have to watch that and see. Sting as well. After he announced his retirement, he immediately went to get his ball bat and his sunglasses. So like, his bat, his comfort blanket, yeah. and his sunglasses. You no, know, Casey has a little tear. tear in his eye. Yeah, I thought that was quite nice. Oh, and the applause sign. At one point, they came back from break too early, and you could see on the very top of the tron, it was ordering people to applause because they're coming back from break. Wow. So I've never seen that before. Going watching the live events, they never do anything like that. It's kind of mm. Lillian Garcia going. 
clap, 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 okay. <laughs> we then get a recap of Lita on the pre-show, unveiling the brand new WWE Women's Championship and declaring the Divas as superstars. Lita, when she holds a microphone, she acts like it's so heavy. She's always holding it with two hands, and then if she's holding it with one hand, she really quickly <laughs> realises, oh wait, uh, holds it up with her other hand by the wrist. The best soundbite of this unveiling was Renee Young. I like that it looks like an actual championship. Not to discredit the other one. She says while discrediting the other one. Yeah. Yeah, so this rebranding at last. It's been a long time coming. I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm glad. Glad about it. I don't like the belt. I was really, really hoping. There was rumours that the the rebrand was going to happen at Mania. And I was hoping that we were going to get the women's belt back. I mean, it's it's just exactly the same design as the WWE title. But for a woman. Can't they just change it and just have a separate belt? It's nice. It's nice that all the belts are different. I suppose it's to reflect the kind of similar light that they're going to be seen in compared to the men. I like they've scrapped the Divas. That was ridiculous because mm-hmm. they essentially they are wrestlers. They are superstars. So it's good that they've gone back to that. Yeah, that's a really positive step. We then see a cool video package of the history of women in the WWE and then they highlight the three girls in this match. So match number five, triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. The champion, I guess... Charlotte, accompanied by Ric Flair, taking on Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Right, going back to what you said at the Fastlane show, yeah. Becky lost her hat again on the way to the ring. She used to clip that in. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do the head wheel and gimmick on the ramp, then. And then her shin guard slipped off again at one point. Snoop Dogg wrapped his cousin, Sasha, to the ring, and she was in tights that homaged what Eddie Guerrero wore when he won the WWE title, which was quite nice. The reaction she got when she came through the curtain. Holy crap, that was immense. That just shows how big NXT's got. That just proves that it's it's essentially doing better than the, the main roster. And it is. Charlotte came out in a robe that was actually made out of the one Flair retired in at WrestleMania 24. So, at the start of this match, there's a big flurry of pin attempts and a lovely arm ringer Hurricane Rana by Sasha in tribute to Eddie. Becky, of course, focusing in on the arm. Do you see the feathers in her hair? Yeah. I was waiting for them to get knocked out, and then that, that would cause a whole lot of difficulty. Did you see that match? Sasha and Charlotte had a match on NXT, and Charlotte's extensions fell out. Yeah. She started whipping Charlotte and <laughs> Sasha with the extensions. I was expecting something like that to happen. A dodgy wheelbarrow suplex by Charlotte into the apron takes out Sasha for a little while. Becky then hits a really swish-looking hammerlock reverse DDT, and Charlotte replies with a Canadian backbreaker and starts to target the knee. Again, Becky has targeted the arm of Charlotte, and when she's going for the figure eight, she can only get the figure four, the right ear, and commentary sells it. Well, her arm's knackered because Becky's been hurting it. Then Sasha flies in with a froggy splash to break up the figure four. They only got two. There's a whole ton of really smooth-looking counter-wrestling in this match. And there's one spell where it's just Sasha and Becky. It was absolutely pure class. Oh, but at one point, Sasha nearly died doing the tope yeah. to Charlotte. Ouch. Oh. Then Becky wipes out Nature Boy with a crossbody. Yes! And then Charlotte wipes out both of her challenges with a moonsault to the outside. Another awesome dive. That cues this is wrestling chance from the fans. Double natural selection to both challenges. Only gets a near fall. 
Then all three girls get their submissions in, in quick succession. Becky, when she was pulling Sasha out of the figure eight, oh, that could have gone so wrong. Did you see the angle Charlotte's leg did? Yeah, that was bending way out of proportion. A spear sends Sasha. Sha- sha- <laughs> a spear sends Sasha. Fuck's sake! Sasha Banks. Would you like a smoke and a pancake, Sasha Banks? A spear sends Sasha out of the ring. Becky, she's been great with her suplexes in general. Then at this point in the match, she hits a massive fisherman buster from the top. Amazing. It took her ages to get Charlotte on the ropes. The finish, Charlotte throws Sasha off the back statement, then hooks a figure eight on Becky, and Ric Flair holds Sasha back, and Becky is forced to tap out. So Charlotte is the newly anointed slash still the women's champion at 16 minutes and 3 seconds. Another thoroughly deflating finish with the wrong result. This shouldn't take away from the quality of the match, though. Yeah, the, the quality of the match and the rest of them was absolutely fantastic. Why does Ric Flair have to be there? If Charlotte had have still won in a heel way using the tights or, you know, whatever, then fine, that you know, she, mm. she's a heel. The fact that Rick has to get involved, it takes away from the talent that Charlotte's got. It's like she has to use a dad to win. But, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the match. And it just shows that the NXT women are really, really coming into their own. Just on it, yeah. Mm. This was the show seal for me. Like, it was, like, the closest they come to reaching their NXT standards on the main roster. Phenomenal match. Sasha in particular, with her opportunism coming in, she was great. I don't have a problem, you know, Charlotte being the face of the division for now and being the champion and, you know, if I say the money's in the chase. But with the rebranding and the way the challenges have been booked, this felt like the right time for a title change for me. Yeah. You know, to reinforce that it's a fresh start. Would you have minded either? Becky or Sasha. I'm okay with all three girls being successful, to be honest. Yeah. But on the night, it really felt like Sasha's night. Yeah. Snoop wrapping her. The crowd reaction. Yeah, massive, massive crowd reaction. Hopefully she'll get her belt by SummerSlam or something. That's two-thirds of the way through the show. So it's time for Sign Watch. Big, big stadium. Lots of interesting signs. Were there any of note that you could remember, Kyle? I did see a good father sign. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was quite cool. Ooh, good father. Good father Hall of Fame. <laughs> and it had the, the right to censor. That was quite cool. Yeah, because they only inducted the Godfather yeah. gimmick. Yeah, that was thoroughly underplaying Charles Wright's contribution to the business, actually. Yeah, because really, you should have mentioned Nation of Domination, which the, the Godfather. I mean, I suppose he was m- mostly famous for the Godfather. Papa Shango. Yeah, but I, again, Vince's mistake. He aims it towards the now, doesn't he? And so for the now, it's essentially the Godfather. If he was aiming it towards us, who have been watching it for so long, we, we would know about the nation and Papa Shango. What other signs did you see? When AJ was coming down the ramp, there was a, Will you stop? sign. Random sign? Just literally a sign. Random sign. Really. <laughs> that, that reminds me of the wrestling games. Yeah, there's always a random sign. <laughs> that you, you know, you can choose your entrance and you can choose what banners you have. Yeah, there's always a random sign oh. option. <laughs> Another one that was quite near it. You can't sit with us. Mean Girls reference. Yes, we need more Mean Girls references in wrestling. Our truth thinks this is SummerSlam. Yes, behind the commentary. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, 
I heart Bobby Zamora as well. <laughs> wow, I didn't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost as good as. I think it's WrestleMania 25, or is it Owen Coyle is God's side? Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This is our way of getting back to the whole, your local sports team suck promos. Yeah. Hey, Vince, that's booty. <laughs> Another simple one here. Hi, Mom, I love you. Oh. <laughs> Another one, when Rock was out, someone out of the side like, Rock, call my mom on this number. I just put a number on the side. There's like two competing ones here. I flew 3,544 kilometers to see Sasha. And that gets trucked by, I traveled 4,800 miles to see Renee Young. Wow. That's effort. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of Bullet Club banners that I saw. I suppose that was just teasing what's to come. I don't know where they're going to go with that. The tag team seems pretty loaded at the minute as well. But the Bullet Club need a leader. Maybe a Valor club? Mm. I don't know. Oh, AJ Styles was the leader when Finn left Japan. Oh, I loved it. When the league turned on Wade yeah. for Raw after, the Young Bucks tweeted out to him like, Hey Wade, we wouldn't do that to you. I'm like, that's bullshit. That's exactly what you did to AJ Styles yeah. on the bloody <laughs> Budokan Hall show. So, it's time for the Hell in the Cell. There's talking heads in the video package that discuss change return, and Mick Foley and Edge in particular were great talking about stuff relating to the cell. Still had no clue where the storyline was going at this point. And I still don't, two weeks later. So Shane wins, he gets control of Monday Night Raw, and if Undertaker loses, on top of that, it would be his last WrestleMania. But that's a redundant stipulation, surely, because Shane would just go, Oh, come back, Undertaker. That was a good match or something. I don't know. Who were you backing in this? I was backing Shane just because I was expecting raw control to go to Shane yeah. and the authority to sort of disband or, I don't know, we, we were kind of pushing into the next year, if mm. you will, of, of wrestling. So I was kind of looking for the Shane result. Taker does no harm for me, regardless of heel face. Shane McMahon for me, I'd kind of back him just because, you know, it seemed the most interesting place to take the story. Do you have any memories of Hell in a Cell in particular? I know where you're going here. Jimmy Fritz retires Mick Foley. What a match. I was literally two months into watching the WWF then. Yeah, the way they built that match and Vassell and stuff. He was the greatest heel in the world at that point. And he retired Mick Foley. Triple H really was on it in the ring in 2000. Armageddon, when Ricky she got truck slammed off the top of the Hell in a Cell into yeah. a, a truck. I think all the Hell in a Cells have been good. I don't think there's one that's been really disappointing. I really enjoyed Undertaker and Edge. Yes. That oh, was yeah. a very, very good match with a lot of spots that hit the mark. Definitely. That whole feud was brilliant. And the way that played into all the abuse they put into each other beforehand as well. Yeah, I think Hell in a Cell is one of them one of them matches where there's only wrestlers that you trust that do a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I don't think there is there's, there's a weak Hell in a Cell match, but there are the better ones like the Armageddon, the Triple H, Mick Foley. Yeah, it's definitely harder to get a bad match from the gimmick. Like, I mean, for me. 
any of the ones before it became a pay-per-view theme. It should come into play when the storyline calls for it. Like this instance, though. It was used for using sick. Just to try and force some interest, really. For me, Hell in a Cell should be two guys that have a really storied history of abusing each other. They've been through a big, long rivalry as it is. It's the blow-off. This is where things are going to end. It's less effective when it's like a, a tool for punishment. Like, Triple H and Jericho had a so much. That kind of felt like, oh, okay. Just because Vince didn't like Triple H. That reminds me, actually, of where has the cage matches gone? I can't remember the last cage match. They, they, they are used more commonly on television, though. Yeah, I just, I enjoy a cage match. I think that the the way that the dunk helps in that you kind of lock everyone else out when you have the two people in the ring. But I just don't That's think, the way it should be. Yeah, but I don't think that it's, it's used as much. Anyway, so in a Ricky Steamboat level babyface move, Shane prepares for the deadly Hell in a Cell match by coming out and dancing with his kids on the rampway. I liked that. It's <laughs> quite, quite a funny visual. Yeah. Oh my god, his little mini Shane's! Did you see Linda McMahon from Rome as well? Yes. Looking after the kids? Yeah. yeah. Shane's strategy in the early goings of this match is to try and stick and move. Shane did withstand a snake eyes and hit a great reverse elbow, but The Undertaker still gets up before him, which is a nice little sequence. Shane's striking in this match. I was thinking early on, what was the point of his like Muay Thai training if he's just going to use regular punch and kicks? The, the whole promotion that he was getting a few weeks before of doing all these different training techniques, and he just used fisticuffs. He looked in good shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A random, rough-looking last ride gets two. Oh, here's a little bit where the Muay Thai comes into play. Shane gets a triangle choke. Then gets some pretty neat spots revolving around the base of the steel steps. Most painful looking of which was when Undertaker chokes Lam Shane onto them. There's no way that you can make that a soft landing. No. Taker sits up from Shane's elbow drop and locks in Hell's Gate. Then Shane has a really dodgy sharpshooter counter to it. Took a fair while to get in. And Taker was screaming far too early. Like, he didn't have it hooked properly. And he's like, Aah! There's a fair amount of both guys sucking wind, being a bit tired and stuff. So it takes a while to get spots ready. Like, for instance, before the coast-to-coast comes along, as soon as Taker gets in the corner in that position, you know what's coming. But it still takes, like, a couple of minutes to get ready. Yeah, coast-to-coast by Shane to see the bolt cut spot. Yeah. That looks so fake. Mm. You could already see, if you looked in, they'd already unhinged it. Yeah. Didn't need cutting. No. Naturally, they break out of the cell, squish the German in Alex's table. Which you knew was going to happen. Yeah, it had to. Yeah. Oh, there's a conveniently placed platform by the announce desks. Undertaker tries to tombstone Shane on it, and Shane hooks a sleeper, but then the Undertaker drives himself and Shane through the announce table. A toolbox shot by Shane McMahon lays the Undertaker out on the English table, and you see Shane peek up at the top of a cell. Hey, that's a massive pop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it's on. It's happening. And Shane climbs up the cell and does his flying elbow drop. But Taker moved and Shane goes crashing through the table. Cole was a great call here. For the love of mankind, Shane just exploded through our table. Huge, huge props for Shane to take that bump. Whose idea do you think that was? Oh, Shane. The Blackman spot 
don't first kick this whole thing off SummerSlam yeah. 2000 that was Shane's idea Shane's a big fan of Steve Blackman he yeah. wanted to do something really really notable that's the biggest spot on the night yeah that's probably gonna outlast the match itself I think yeah and it's one of them of when Shane does that you're just not topping that so Shane still tells The Undertaker to bring it even though he's knackered but The Undertaker with a sympathetic little pack up, pat on the cheek tombstones him back inside the ring to finish him off with a three. So The Undertaker wins 30 minutes, 5 seconds. Reading over the high spots in that match did not feel like 30 minutes worth of stuff. It's one of them matches where if you had two fit at peak superstars, mm. you could probably still do all them spots and probably get the match down to 20 minutes. I think it's just age and fitness really that, that made it so long. Yeah, definitely. Because like, like you were saying about the gaps that they had between the spots because they were pretty much taking the air in. <laughs> yeah. Shane's 46. Yeah. Undertaker's mid-50s. Yeah, they're not spring chickens, so it was a pretty pedestrian pace. But you have to give absolutely major props to Shane for taking that huge bump. You know, a few early spots were quite nice as well. Shane does a stretcher job and gets the thumbs up at the end. But then this is where... When we spoke about the ladder match with Zack Ryder and then the Raw after, Shane put all his effort in to jump off the south to try and win the match. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Still gets to control Raw. Still gets to control Raw the week after. What was the point of building this up for you to control Raw? Vince hated Shane so much to say, you will never run Raw, blah, blah, blah. Now you can run Raw for the, the last two weeks. It just kind of takes the whole storyline away. It's another one in this long history of not honouring the stipulation. If Shane's not there next week, fine. The one night only, kind of okay with it. The wacky Raw is a good time to like renege on yeah. the stipulations because the people are going to forgive him as a one-off. Yeah, on the night, kind of possibly felt like the wrong result in that they did the result that would have the least impact on the storyline. But then, like you say, they started to creep in, give Shane a bit of control as supposedly a pair of one-offs. The very first one, I think Vince said something along the lines of, you know, well, he'd seen his grandkids react the way to the way Shane wrestled moved him a bit. He's got a black heart. <laughs> what Vince says that? <laughs> no, well, if, if you listen to JR, he's got no heart at all, Derek. Post match, the tone is horrendously inappropriate. They cut to the pre show desk and, like, oh, we're having a party here. Yeah. We've been having a party all day long. Shame that man just nearly died, for fuck's sake. Match number seven. It's the third annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You see all the lower card guys. And sneaking in behind them, fresh from NXT, is Baron Corbin. Nice to see. Interesting. What do you make of Baron Corbin? I really, 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 really like Baron Corbin. Mm. And I, I don't think that Triple H gives him enough push. I think that he is champion material. Obviously, Finn Balor is incredible. But it'd be nice to see Corbin in the title picture a little bit more. Because he, he, he does well as his mid-card beating everyone to a pulp sort of thing. I do like him. I do mm. think he's good. Watching, did you ever watch Breaking Ground? 
he, he came across as quite a, quite a bit of an ass in that he was the lone wolf and he didn't give a crap about anybody else. I think that was a little bit of case, hey, bro. I think it was Jason Jordan and Tyler Breeze had a conversation. Yeah. That was blatantly a work. So, yeah, the, the Baron Corbin thing kind of felt like that, especially because it tied into his uh, sod you and your indie wrestling credentials yeah. gimmick. But, I, yeah, I do. I'm impressed with, with what he's done. He's done well coming from NFL. I do like that gimmick, but for me, you kind of need to have done something for it to you know, warrant that attention. All your independent stuff doesn't count, you know, it's worthless. It matters what you do in NXT. Like, okay, what you're doing in NXT, then? you're not the champion. I- I'm not fully sold on him yet, really. His look is a little bit lacking for me. He's got those big rosy cheeks and the big saucer eyes. Oh, it looks like, you know, the kind of face your grandma would want to go up and pinch. Like, oh, I'm you the cutest. He looks like Edge and Bo Dallas defied biology <laughs> and had a love child. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that look. Yeah. He's so lanky. He looks like a six foot three guy's got stretched to six foot eight. It's an opportunity for someone new. It is, yeah. There were other surprise entrants in this as well. Tatanka and his big belly. Commentary didn't spot him at first. No. It was amazing. Cole was like, Tatanka's here? And then he spots him doing a chop. Oh, there he is. Hilarious. Diamond Dallas Page? Yes. Getting a little, yeah, thank you for getting fully healthy. Little payday there. And the biggest surprise of them all, Shaquille O'Neal. How did that come about? That's what? so random. Yeah. This is going way, way back to 2009 and stuff and the Jerry Show things, right? Yeah. Naturally, he, he would go to Kane and Big Show. Kane and Big Show, yeah. This, for me, is the reason why this is on the main show rather than the pre-show. If you can get Shaquille O'Neal, sod it, it has to go on the main show because we want the sports centre moment, we want a WrestleMania moment, you know. It's not going to mean Jack if it's on the pre-show. Did you see Big Show when he came out as well? He looked surprisingly mo- emotional. He looked kind of, like, sad and... Lost mania, maybe. Eyes. Maybe. I thought maybe he could have spoken with Taker of Shame when they were coming through the curtain as well or something. I don't know. Yeah. Shaq and Show, double chokes on Kane. Everyone clears off. Apart from Fandango and Damien Sandow, who get eliminated for trying to interrupt their stare down. But then when they're choking each other, everyone sneaks in quick and eliminates DDP gets a diamond cutter to Victor, and then Connor tosses in to get revenge on his tag partner. This match is essentially just like literally every other battle royal in existence. The social outcasts celebrate tossing Truth and Goldust out by doing the bow train! Yeah, the bow train! <laughs> oh, he's marked for that. <laughs> They're not very successful getting Kane and Corbin to try and get involved. No. <laughs> That's quite funny. Then Henry Fisherman presses Tyler Breeze out onto the outcast at ringside. Random pairing, Kane and Darren Young double team to get Henry out. You, you seem to always get the random double pairings in the, these types of matches, don't you? Mm. Then Kane tosses Bo Dallas and Darren Young out at the same time. And then Baron Corbin sneaks from behind and eliminates him to win. So you're Victor. Baron Corbin, via actually having some future direction in his career, at 9 minutes 41 seconds. What do you make of this match? One of them, isn't it? It's every year. Brings all the, the low-card superstars to have their WrestleMania moment. Get everyone a payday. Yeah. Yeah, this for me is the exact opposite of the rest of this card so far. The wrestling wasn't really up to much, but it had 
an interesting result that is positive for the future. Yeah, although he's yet to debut. He did have a match with Ziggler. Yeah, but... Yeah, the, the double count out. Yeah. Why are you protecting... Exactly. Know, why are you putting him with someone you want to protect? Exactly. Surely from your main Mania win, you would then go to Raw and win a lower card, you know, to keep that momentum going. Yeah. Instead, yeah. he doesn't get his, his match debut, if you will. On this night, it was a very typical Baron Corbin performance for me. He does nothing memorable, but he still wins anyway. Yeah. He had that one match with Rhino. Everyone was saying, oh, what a breakout performance it was. I couldn't remember a damn thing he did. That was all Rhino for me. But, you know, it's an opportunity for him to learn. Yeah. They then go way over the top with the promo clip for next year's WrestleMania. WrestleMania 33 of WrestleMania Sun. Going zooming in from outer space and talking about how the world will converge here. And now, here they are. America's sweethearts, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Um, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, wait, the rock's here. Okay, fair fucks. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's where he is. Get a bit of pomp and circumstance of the rock. Oh, and he's brought a flamethrower with him. I really liked the, the idea of him getting to the top of the ramp and then going, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I forgot something. I'll go get that. <laughs> I thought Dean could have done with that in this match. <laughs> Maybe he'll beat Brockman. <laughs> so he sets his own name on fire. Okay. The the camera missed a trick with that because when The Rock came out, I don't know whether it was planned, but it, it for me it didn't look right. The camera, how it does this superstar swivel around. Mm. When it got to the right side of The Rock, in the background, it had everyone setting up the rock sign. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, what? I preferred to be like the rock who was shocked the sign was there. It's the rock and the millions! Wow, they're really going overboard overestimating this attendance. Yeah. He announces the attendance. Well, no, he doesn't. He says, we've set a record! And then the attendance comes up on the screen. So is he literally just like Michael Buffer in WCW? <laughs> <laughs> most over-expensive announcer in history. Allegedly, this attendance is 101,763. In reality, I've heard reports it's you know, somewhere between 94 and 98,000. It's still the biggest attendance for a WWE show in history. But, you know, again, they have to kayfabe a number for us. I did enjoy the, the crowd this year. I do think... Compared to last year's WrestleMania, I feel that they were more invested. Yeah, I heard a few complaints about the crowd this year. I'm like, what, what show are you watching? They're pretty loud yeah. for me. The yeah. Wyatt's interrupt the Rock. I'm like, oh no, Rocky, get out of there! It's the man who ran away from Brock Lesnar! Exactly my thoughts. <laughs> Bray threatens the Rock, naturally. Rock pokes fun at his accent, his appearance, his heritage and his upbringing. But then he actually gives Bray a bit of a compliment about his ending stuff. Yeah, and that got a round of applause. Yeah. Which shows that he's coming up in the world. Yeah, the, the audience actually respects this man, yeah. despite his lousy booking, which we've got to see more of here. So The Rock strips off and reveals he's in wrestling gear. The Rock is just a mountain armor now. It's just ridiculous. Literally a beast. Yeah. 
like there's always some guys like I tried to eat for the rock for three days and it didn't work. No. Like, oh my god. Like, yeah, you're missing the HDH <laughs> So yeah, the rock's in his gear and he challenges someone to a match. Like idiots the Wyatt family accept this. Just beat him up. You're here to make an impact. Fucking gang beat him, you know. <laughs> yeah. Why why? What interest is it of them to accept the match? Well, I suppose the the, the Wyatt that accepts it his mother and father are brother and sister, so, <laughs> you know, we can't really complain. Yeah, so they accept. <laughs> and then they have Rowan challenge him. What the fuck? You're not going to have someone who's still breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestle the rock, are you? <laughs> Quote, unquote, match number eight of the night sees the rock take on Eric Rowan. And Rowan gets hit with the rock bottom immediately to lose in six seconds. And then the Wyatt surround the rock like they should have done from the start. Was that the record? So I was working yeah, out yeah. why did they do that. Yeah, that was for I, the record, think, wasn't yeah, it? That, that yeah. Is, uh, yeah, I think it's still before that. It was still WrestleMania one. Bundy won a match in twelve seconds or something. Because you know how WrestleMania twenty eight, Brian and Sheamus was supposed to be the record. Yeah, but they messed up. They rang the bell when Brian was doing the kissing routine with AJ, and they're supposed to ring the bell after that. So it was 18 seconds in the end, which wasn't the record. Yeah. Oh, God. Here come the cavalry. John Cena! And his shovel come out to even the odds. They clear house on the wires, naturally. When did Cena get that pencil neck? His neck's so thin lately. Yeah. I'm sure that he mentioned that because of the surgery, he does all these neck routine things. What was his injury that's keeping him up? Was it a shoulder thing? Yeah. I was happy to see Cena. Because it's a massive, massive show and he did get hurt, so it's kind of a shame for him not to be here. I don't like this making the Wyatts look like this is team. No. I'm sorry. No, I'm a huge fan of the Wyatts and they just get books wrong time and time again. This is just like peak parody Wyatt family. They turn up, they lose to the part-timers. It's a shame they didn't have a real match on the party. The only thing that I can think is they're using the Wyatts as essentially a sting sort of character. The kind of living under the ring or like in the rafters or and they just feel like they just come out when they want to come out. That's the only way, credibly, I can describe the Wyatt story at the moment. Yeah. They turn up wherever they want. Yeah. yeah. At New York Stock Exchange. Fucking hell, that was weird. They kind of use that to fashion a face to Could be something interesting. Just so long as Bray's okay, because he got hurt at the yeah, European tour. Do you think they need another member? I just keep him off TV, really. Okay, you put someone in there. What happens when Harper's back? What happens when Bray's back? You know. What about Sister Abigail? Do we do we need a physical form of Sister Abigail? Hmm. Who, who, who would you kind of get to play that role? AJ. Although AJ would never come back, but that's no. sort of crazy. AJ crazy. You would need... Yeah. I don't think there really is anyone in NXT at the moment who would fit the bill. Nia's probably the most distinct one there, but yeah. not a fit for that gimmick. No. Right, at this point, Rock's wasting a bunch of time. I'm like, what a Triple H and Ray's going to have like a minus is, five minutes. That is <laughs> exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this. I'm thinking, what's how, I kind of knew The Rock was coming out. Yeah. And I was looking at the time thinking, right, so The Rock's out now. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a four hour yeah. show, right? Oh, if only we knew. 
So the video package for the main event tries to get you to like all-round nice guy Roman Reigns, but then, to their detriment, they run this awesome video package for Hunter with another Metallica song. You've got Motorhead in their back catalogue. Why do you need Metallica all the time as well? Did you see what he got in his boots? Which I thought was quite good. Oh, for, for tribute to Lammy. Yeah. Yeah. Wind yourself back to December. Roman winning the title in Philly. Getting a really big positive reaction in this really smart hardcore town. How did they mess this up? They won the fans over and Roman got a massive pop. It's one of them situations where the fans don't need Roman shoved down the throat. We now have Roman as a champion. Let's roll with this. Yeah. Instead, we get Roman, 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 Roman. No, we don't need that. Think back, even when Cena was champion, yes, there was a lot of fans that didn't like Cena, but we didn't have Cena shoved down our throats. It was more of Cena's the champion, you either like him or you don't like him, make up your mind. That was the way that they pitched it. They need to do that with Roman. If you say Roman face or heel, I think that you would get a better a better pop. Mm. And I'm hoping that this rival with rivalry with AJ will make Roman heel because that's the, what the fans want they're definitely running with the Cena formula now enough of the crowd have a problem with him well sticking with someone they like those tend to be the most interesting Cena matches Cena and Sean Cena and Brian Cena and Punk trying to run that kind of formula with Roman now so we'll see where that goes <laughs> I had to laugh Stephanie Boudicca McMahon I mean, <laughs> she looked hot <laughs> it was her leggings or tights or whatever were really distracting though I kept I kept on wondering that's not her actual skin is it <laughs> they look <Yeah>. so pale <laughs> she should have used like a different colour scheme for them I really enjoyed the entrance <laughs> I was so weird like she's there desperately trying to pass some semblance of heel heat onto Triple H like, boo this man we hate you you're supposed to like this man so there was no wacky outfit for Triple H himself but he was flanked by loads of Ingo Manabales types NXT superstars <laughs> yeah what was Finn apparently wasn't yeah. it he did the same thing with Charlotte and Sasha and Alexa yeah when was 30. on the podium so Roman comes out to a pretty resounding boom. You know, I, I heard that they turned the the sound mixer down. Yeah, I've heard rumours of this as well, yeah. I've not watched it back yet, but they, they've said on the network you can actually hear the sound drop when you watch Roman come out. Mm. But I didn't notice it the first time, so I need to go back and re-watch it. Yeah. But there's a few reports that it's, you, know, you can pretty much hear the drop. It was still clearly a boot. Oh, yeah. Unless they were saying boom words. Back to Triple H's entrance anyway. He's had a lot of these type of entrances. I, do, I like how creative he is with his, with his entrances. It's something that I look forward to. Not not because I'm a, a Triple H mark, but because I just think that it's it's WrestleMania. Triple H always has these insane entrances. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've all been cool and they all have their own story. The Terminator one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I really liked... It wasn't planned at all, but I really like when he takes his, his helmet off and he throws it behind him and it lands in the hole. Oh, did it? It goes in the hole. Wow. <laughs> Not planned. It just lands straight back. Oh, in the that's hole. amazing. I'm, I'm going to have to see if I can spot that. 
WrestleMania 30 was the best one for me. Yeah. Full on Conan. Definitely not 25, the stupid sledgehammer through the mirror thing. That was a bit crap. Cole says Triple H has been champion collectively for 3.3 years. We know this Michael Cole. 2002 to 2005. It's a reign of terror. It was dreadful. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Michael Cole telling me that. Oh, I, I knew you'd enjoy the Triple H I'll Get My Shovel Tour. Yeah. So, at long last, it's time for our main event. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship is on the line. Triple H, the champion, accompanied by Stephanie McMahon, defending against Roman Reigns. Pretty standard, lethargic mix of punch kick wrestling and fundamental mat wrestling. Yeah. Triple H kicked Roman's squat in the nuts when Stephanie had the ref's attention. As Cole put it, he works over the lower extremities. He also goes after Roman's injured nose. Yeah. Lots of stuff, whether at the announce table, whacking each other off. The announce table, not whacking each other. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That then led to a pretty neat netbreaker off the announce table by Triple H. And he follows it up with a flying knee while Roman was draped over the ropes. I love the flying knee. That was a really yeah, huge fan of the flying knee. Bit of different stuff. Right, how many times did Roman attempt a Superman punch in this match? He's got a broader playbook of moves than what he offered here. It just made him look short on ideas. This match is just taking an eternity. They're making the rock look efficient here. Spear through the barricade just as everyone was falling asleep. Fans chant for Nakamura as Roman gets H-back in the ring. Oh, dear. He nearly fucked up getting in from the tank out as well. Yeah. So it's like the referee was on nine. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> a Superman punch gets countered with an arm bar, and then eventually the rings are sat in by Triple H. They then repeat the spot where Roman deadlifts out of the arm bar over and over and over again. Stephanie pulled the ref out of the ring when Roman looked to have had the match won with the spear and then gets in the ring herself. Like, what are you doing? Oh, she gets speared herself. That was the biggest face reaction Roman got all match. Beating upon a woman. That just shows that you, you're you in a creek, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Triple H hits the pedigree, but it only gets two. He counters another spear with the Harley Race high knee and then tries to sneak in using the sledgehammer. But range kind of dodges it and gets a spear and finally this match is fucking over after 27 minutes and 11 seconds Roman Reigns is your new WWE champion for the third time fuck's sake anything to add on this match I didn't enjoy the match and that, it was a Triple H match. <laughs> it was a Triple yeah. 27 minutes of Triple H and you're not spooging. This is, they've done, something's gone wrong. Something's gone wrong. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't think that it was main event. Not material, but just it just did not feel like a main event. No. It didn't feel like this was Roman's chance to get his belt back, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And Triple H wasn't up to the scratch of what you'd normally expect from him. There's a few spots that both of them messed up. Didn't enjoy the match. It was a bad ending to Mania. Definitely, I agree. There was a couple of nice little ideas on offense by Triple H, but this, for me, was the most limp, bland flop of a Mania main event since Miz and Cena. Roman only had 
punch kick stuff to bring to the table. They took forever. Then they tried desperately with super desperation stuff like the spear through the barricade and spearing Stephanie. I've been somewhat on the fence about Roman getting this spot and stuff. The way this came off here, I was a little bit offended by this match, really, in the context of this night as well. Yeah. So many rubbish finishes, so many fan favourites not getting their moments. Yeah, it really, really soured me towards the idea of them putting Roman over like this and clueless. Hopefully, having AJ Styles getting his rightful contendership, we can actually see a good match. Roman's had somewhat of the right attitude post his title win. It's like, I'm not a good guy or a bad guy. I'm just a guy. See where that goes. Again, he's going down the Cena line with that, isn't it? Because that's the way Cena, because of the fans, it's the way Cena has to go. People like me, people don't like me. I'm in this business because I like the business, so I'm not bothered. You'll boo me or or cheer for me. I'm still coming out every week. So it's just, Roman's just recycled that and using it his way. How would you have maybe booked this differently? If you. Absolutely. Roman Reigns has to be the champion at the end. I'd have him turn. I think that way the fans the fans will feel some relief of finally we get what we want. Having Roman cheat to win, beat Triple H up afterwards after he's won, or some sort of heel turn where we say, right, this guy actually does not give a shit now. Yeah. He's got the belt. I don't care what you lot think this is the belt. I think we would have had a, a better reaction. That's just my personal opinion. Mm. What do you think? It's the only way you can go, really. There's just some sections of the audience that aren't going to buy into it, whatever you do. And maybe pairing off with someone instead of Triple H, I don't know. So to make it easier, going back, would you have had Triple H win the Rumble? Like, if you were to start this storyline again, how would you start it? Because essentially the Rumble was the start of the storyline. Would you have Roman win it or somebody else win it? You can't have him win the Royal Rumble no. again. I mean, maybe, like, as far as his opponent goes, go whole hog someone that the fans are absolutely, you know, enamoured with and they're not booked as the bad yeah. guy in the situation as well. But again, who are we? We're just two guys in a college doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, just to wrap things up, what did you think of the show in general? Very good show. I really enjoyed it. I was just really disappointed with the ending. I enjoy the legends coming back. It's something that they do now every year. It's a thing. You yeah. can expect it. Very impressed with the Divas. Ric Flair ruined the whole match for me. He's not needed. We say this every episode. Yeah. He's not needed. Yes, he's a legend. Yes, he was a fantastic wrestler. Just let the girls work. Mm. But yeah, as a as an overall show, I enjoy it. I liked a lot of what was going on in the ring. There's some good matches here, but I was a little bit miserable by the end of the show, really. So many wrong decisions for me. New Day lost. AJ lost. Charlotte retained. I guess technically Shane losing as well, although we'll see how that plays out. Triple H lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they totally fluffed the main event. 
not too keen on it really. There'll, there'll be a lot of stuff I think out of context will be really enjoyable down the line. A lot of really good in-ring work as an event. It's not like a bit of a downer really. Anyway. What? As <laughs> we're going down. What? <laughs> what a downer to end on. We're going to take a little break from current stuff. We've been doing a lot of the now at the minute. We're going to move on and think back to what it was like 10 years ago at WrestleMania 22. Because there was a lot of similarities between the two situations here. Yet another Triple H main event with someone the crowd don't like. So yeah, we'll be with you in the near future. Let me think, oh god, there's so many ways you can follow us and stuff. Check out ayatollahrockandroller.blogspot.com There'll be a special edition or whatever of this podcast with little visual references and things. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast. We're on Facebook as well. We are now also on Stitcher Radio. If you search for us on Stitcher, anyone who uses that app will be there. So, we'll be with you really soon. That'll be it for now. It's a goodbye from Kyle. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. See ya.